1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7. The fan simulcast on the Team 980 and always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. Kent called in. Then he asked me, how can I hear that segment? You can always rewind on the Odyssey app, or check out the podcast Overtime on 106.7 The Fan to hear the show later on in the day today. You can always tweet us at AWOD Radio. Mo tweets me. He says, I'm sick of the Ravens and hoping they lose. There's a reason the Commanders are worth $6 billion and Baltimore is only worth 2 That's all I have to say. Mo coming in hot from D.C. I love that. Joe Blow tweets me. Nobody cares about the Washington Wizards. Well, Joe, if you're listening to the show, we had about 20 phone calls on the Wizards in the first hour. And I promise we'll take more of your phone calls in the second, uh, this final hour of the show. Uh, we've got a lot to get to from 11 to 12. So I will try to take more phone calls on the state of the Wizards. I want to talk about the Commanders? Hopefully hiring Ben Johnson. I already gave out my conference championship picks. We've got Neil Greenberg coming on here in just a second. And then nobody else is going to talk Australian Open Finals. So I'll close out the show by talking Aussie Open Finals right here on DC Sports Radio 1067. The Fan Sports Betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with the good folks at BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you. The most profitable betting opportunities, you can get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. On the BetQL guest hotline right now from the Washington Post, it is Neil Greenberg. What's going on, Neil? How's
3: it going? Good morning.
2: Going pretty well here. So how do you feel about these conference championship games? Are they going to live up to the hype? Are these going to be entertaining games down to the wire, or do the stats say we could be looking at maybe a blowout? Um,
3: I I think they'll be entertaining games um, as far as – I think each, the the two games are, are probably distinctly different. You have the Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. They are um, – they're, they're very defensive-oriented. They're really good defensive teams. Um, so I think that the um, – the, the, that could be a low-scoring, close game, um, whereas I think San Francisco-Detroit has obviously the potential to be a blowout. Detroit's um, defense has been good. Um, their offense has been good. Um, same for San Francisco. So, But I, I do think we can see, I can envision a spot where San Francisco jumps out to an early lead and then could just nurse that lead with McCaffrey and Debo yeah. running the ball. And uh, that'll be that.
2: Yeah, no, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I I think it will be close, but I could see the Niners. You know, I thought the same thing last week, though, and the Packers were able to uh, stay with them till the final you know minute or two there. But uh, I could see McCaffrey breaking away uh, for the 49ers. I've also said I'm also I'm very confident that confident the winner. Will be an AFC team. I just think the Ravens or Chiefs are too good, and Brock Purdy hasn't been playing good enough. Uh, if the Niners get to the Super Bowl to be the champions, yeah,
3: I mean, I, 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 Purdy has been inconsistent. I think he's been one of the best quarterbacks over the the course of the season. Um, but the thing with San Francisco is they can beat you a number of different ways um if they're if they're anywhere close to full strength they can do a lot of damage on a couple different sides of the ball um so i think that uh you know San Francisco has obviously been look we're seeing two of the best teams pretty much for the whole season playing for a chance in the Super Bowl in the in the Ravens and 49ers <clears throat> you know the Chiefs are the Chiefs we you know they really they've shown that they're a team that you really shouldn't count out um and then you have Detroit that's been playing really good football so um, it's going to be uh, interesting, but um, you know, I I have a sneaky suspicion we'll see Chiefs and 49ers in the Super Bowl.
2: Do you have any player props that you like here, or over/unders, or spreads, or anything like that? I I really like Sam Laporta's receptions. I thought, I think I saw it over five and a half. Um, that's my number one play. Do you have any plays?
3: I do. I have uh, George Kittle under. Receiving yards. When I when I went to print, it was at fifty nine and a half. Um, generally speaking, you want to play player prop unders later in the week because the the public likes to play overs. Mm-hmm. So that's gone up to I think sixty and a half. But um, Detroit's really good at defending tight ends, and if Debo Samuel isn't a hundred percent, then they're going to be able to focus more on Brandon Ayuk and Kittle. Um, so I think with that plus. Lions being good at defending tight ends. I think we can see Kittle not have as good a day as people might think, so I'm under his receiving yards in that one.
2: Neil Greenberg with us here on the BetQL guest hotline. Throw him a follow on social media at N Greenberg, ngreenbergsportswriter and stats geek for The Washington Post. You can read his work online at thewashingtonpost.com. Neil, I had a caller. Wasn't that high on Lions offense corner Ben Johnson? How would you explain it? Why should Commanders fans be excited for Ben Johnson to be Washington's next head coach?
3: I mean, look at what he's done in Detroit. I mean, they've had a complete turnaround. They were one of the the worst teams in the league not too long ago. <clears throat> you know, he, he rebuilt Jared Goff. Um, he's done a lot of good things in Detroit. Now, does he have the same tools in Washington as Detroit? No, but, I mean, what you want is you want a track record. You want obviously a guy that everybody else wants. I mean I don't think there was a team that didn't want him as their as their head coach. Um, so I think that from that aspect we 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 certainly see him as a as a top candidate and, and Washington fans should be really happy if he decides to come this direction.
2: You know, Neil I talked about an article last week from CBS Sports. I think it was Chris Trapazzo. All eight teams left last week in the NFL playoffs had a go-to tight end, and now we're looking at Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Sam Laporta. I mean, just how important is the tight end position becoming in the National Football League?
3: Well, it's become a lot more important because the trend in in the National Football League is shorter passing. You know, you you look at the average yards per target, that's down. You look at the the, the middle value of touchdown uh, length of touchdown, that's down as well. Um, so, so teams are really looking towards underneath, middle of the field, short to mid-range type passes, high completion rates to get stuff going. And, you know, a tight end fits fits in with that type of scheme. Um, so I think that as we, you know, go forward, um, you know, as people have seen the success of Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, et cetera, you know, the, the there's a copycat mentality. But absolutely, I mean, tight end – Having a good tight end does so many things, and it's just another instance that the defense has to, has to worry about. Um, but you really can't undersell you know, getting those four or five-yard completions in the middle of the field routinely um, and be able to move the change and improve your field position. I mean, it's just incredibly valuable in the modern NFL.
2: Yeah, and I've always said, you know, a young quarterback's best friend, is his tight end. Just run five yards upfield, turn around, and, and convert the first down. It's Neil Greenberg with us here on the BetQL guest hotline, talking all things NFL. I mean, Neil, what is your take on this coaching matchup in Chiefs against Ravens? It, it really is juicy with Harbaugh, the success that he's had in Baltimore, and then Andy Reid, six straight AFC title games.
3: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason why these these two are, are the best in the business. And... Um, you know, you, you, you look at schematically. I would even say, though, <clears throat> for Baltimore, I think the guy that I'm most impressed with is Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for Baltimore. I mean, he's trying a lot of different things. Um, he's using cover six more than any other team, which is basically a, a hybrid of cover two and cover four. Um, and that's been working out really well for them, stopping opposing quarterbacks from getting deep passes. Um, it's also causing a lot more interceptions than you would expect. But, um, yeah, I mean, these are two successful coaches that have been at the helm of, of two of the best teams, not only this year, but, you know, as we go forward. And, um, you know, this is, a, this is a, great, a great game. I mean, it's good. You know, it's nice. Not to say that Detroit's not deserving. They certainly are. They had a great season. But Kansas City, Baltimore, I mean, I think that that's, you know, very representative of where the AFC was this year.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you on Baltimore's defense. They've been fun to watch. Kansas City's defense has been better, but I look at that over under number at forty four and a half, and I think twenty four to twenty one is not that high scoring, but that hits that over. I've locked that in as my lock of the uh, of the week in terms of, of the line. What do you think of the of over four and a half? The over in Baltimore Chiefs. Yeah.
3: Well, this is awkward because I actually have the under. Um, <laughs> I actually played under forty two and a half at plus really? money earlier in the week. Um, I think these are two big-time defensive teams. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to play a little bit tighter than normal in the conference championship but, game. Hold on, Neil.
2: Neil, sorry to cut you off, but don't yeah. you think that there is a chance that this becomes a game that in the second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, it's touchdown, 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 because both <laughs> quarterbacks are unstoppable?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's also a chance to get hit by a meteor while we're on this call. I mean, it's all <laughs> a matter of, you know, what's the most likely to happen. Um again I pick I, I had an alternate line under forty two and a half. I think this is gonna be a lower scoring game than the Detroit San Francisco game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um I think we see I, I think we see something more like um, you know, twenty one seventeen or something.
2: Mm. Neil, great stuff, man. I really appreciate you taking the time.
3: Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.
2: Yep, that was Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a Saturday morning in the nation's capital. This is DC Sports Radio 106.7. The fans simulcast on the Team 980 and always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. Gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. Phone lines are open 1-800-636-1067. Give us a call. Donald will put you on the air. You can always tweet me throughout the show at 106.7 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. Let's go back to the phone lines real quick. Let's go to Mitch in Jersey. Mitch, appreciate you hanging on. How's it going, Adam? Let's good. See some
0: game. I mean, the AFC is going to have so many good quarterbacks. It's yeah, and these are like the best, too. I mean, look what both of done. They've added to wide receivers and running backs, Dalvin Cook. And they have two ex wide receivers that used to be number ones in the team, o-, 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 B- J- o Beckham and um and the fellow from USC. Uh, I forgot his name already. Yeah, it's Zay Flowers, a- right? Baseball. Yeah. Well, Flowers too, that was a great catch for But um USC uh, uh he started with the Eagles. Oh, oh
2: I'm forgetting the name. I know yeah. what you're talking about, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's been a great game. It's gonna be a heartbreaker whoever wins. I think uh I like the weapons that Lamar has, he's, he's a better runner. But well, you got to admit, Padron is, is a better slower passer, and he's like a John Elway of all. Oh, he's a 21st century version of John Elway. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. Enjoy the games, Stan. Yeah, man, good um,
2: call. I appreciate you chiming in. I, that's what I'm so excited for. Uh, I do think the the first game is going to be better than the second game, but I do think uh, they should both be or some really decent games. Uh, Donald, let me remind the audience something here as we make our official picks here. A wide Radio. On August 3rd at 1.24 p.m., went on the air on my daily show in Richmond, 12 to 3. You can check me out on the Odyssey app. And predicted the Baltimore Ravens would win the Super Bowl. Ross Tucker told me I was crazy. Several callers told me I was crazy. They said, Lamar doesn't have enough weapons on offense. The defense isn't going to be good enough. I placed a $10 wager. It would pay out $200 if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm really worried, though. Because the one thing I've always said is, you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Should I cash this out for sixty dollars right now, or let it ride on the Baltimore Ravens?
4: I say let it ride, man. I I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I I just think, and maybe it's just reading too much into this because Kansas City always seems to get it together. A caller alluded to it earlier. They've been inconsistent this year. You know, we've seen the the difficulty in the locker room, them yelling on the sidelines and yeah. things like that, just, you know, having a lot going on. Whereas Baltimore has just more or less been, you know, once they had, you know, got through those humps at the beginning of the season, they've just been kind of smooth sailing, just taking teams out. I think Lamar heard all the noise in the offseason. We all know what happened with his contract ne- uh, negotiation stuff and – you know, I think he just came out this season to prove himself and it shows they're the number one seed. They got home field advantage and I, I think they're ready, so I say hold on to that.
2: Yeah. I mean you're right when you when you say the Chiefs have had more turbulence this season, right? It's been up and down at times with the Raven the Ravens over the last you know 13 weeks have kind of cruised. Uh, they're getting healthy now with Mark Andrews being back, and I do think if Lamar shows up and we get like an action Jackson type performance, a hundred rushes or a hundred or 10 carries for 100 yards on the ground, that should be enough um, to get the win. Because man, when he does things like that, he just keeps the offense on the field, converting third downs. Um, and I do think it would be great for the the sport as a whole for the NFL. You know, we know about Lamar on the East Coast, and, they, and a lot of people know about him around the country, but I don't know that they know about him around the globe. And, and I think people would be blown away seeing him, you know, under the limelights there in the big stage of the Super Bowl in Vegas. Uh, I think it could be great for the sport because he's just such a dynamic weapon at the quarterback position. I mean, he, it's like he's playing a video game, the way he stops on a dime. Um, so we I gave my official pick. Last segment there on the Chiefs game, and now I put together an interesting parlay, Donald. I want to get your take on this. All right, so obviously, uh, me and Neil Greenberg don't see eye to eye on that Ravens-Chiefs game. Uh, I'm taking the over on that one, 44 and a half. I just think with those two quarterbacks, maybe it starts slow, right? Maybe it's you know seven, ten at halftime or something, and then I think you're going to see in the final six to eight minutes of the game. Both teams trade touchdowns, maybe even three scores. I mean, that could be 21 points in the fourth quarter, right there. That's why I'm hitting the over. So I'm taking the over on the Ravens game. All right, I'm parlaying that with Ravens money line. I'll stick with my ticket here, uh, and and you know I, I want to have the bragging rights that I picked the Ravens to win before the season began. Uh, in the Lions Niners game, I mentioned it. Give me Sam Laporta over five and a half. Receptions. Give me Detroit Lions to cover the spread. Lions plus seven and a half. And then here's the tricky one that makes this parlay a little juicier. I think everyone's going to pick Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. I put that in here. I think everyone's going to pick Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. And instead of putting that in here, I have Christian McCaffrey to score two touchdowns in the Niners game against the Lions. $8.88 to win me 500 Dollars. What do you think about that, Donald? Can we hit?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm liking pretty much everything you said. I was trying to keep track with everything. I like the um, over on the spread for um, Ravens Chiefs.
2: Oh, so you disagree with Neil too?
4: Yeah, I personally, We're both
2: going against the stats game that doesn't <laughs> sound good.
4: Yeah, maybe not, but. Um, no, because, I mean, kind of to your point, I mean, the Ravens on average, I think we're averaging about 28 and a half points a game this season. I think the Chiefs were averaging about 21, 22 maybe. So, I mean, there's your there's your numbers right there if we're yeah. just going off of just, you know, how they've been performing throughout the season. I mean, conference championship is different. I do expect it to mean more ground and pound, but I, I still think they'll, they'll reach that. Would you say 44 yeah, and yeah. a half was the spread on that? Yeah, yeah. So I I do like that I do like Laporta for I think you said five and a half and uh, what was I forget what was the last, last one you said
2: the tough one McCaffrey two touchdowns. oh McCaffrey
4: two I can see that as well um because I can see maybe Brock Purdy you know potentially struggling he hasn't been super consistent this season and one thing San Fran can do is run so I expect yeah. them to definitely push McCaffrey and he he couldn't get the two touchdowns. I, I I like that too.
2: Well, the best thing about placing a McCaffrey anytime touchdown or a McCaffrey two touchdown is he's a dual threat guy, right? right. You're going to get credit for a rushing touchdown or a receiving touchdown. He just has to get into the end zone twice in this game. And as it, it is a battle of two teams who are 12 and five in the Detroit lions against the San Francisco 49ers and then the 13 and 4 Ravens hosting the 11 and 6 Kansas City Chiefs and also you know if you believe in the conspiracy that is the NFL is scripted what what did they say the the Super Bowl logo is Ravens purple and Niners <laughs> red right isn't that what uh, people have been saying
4: yeah i've heard that yeah
2: yeah so yeah, i mean Hey, if it is scripted, we're going to at least make some money. It'll be real scripted if
4: the uh the lights go out during the game.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Hey, what did you think about the article of Fox 5 that that, you know, people are jumping on the bandwagon for Baltimore cuz I totally have seen it. Like I'm not I'm going to say this. Nobody that I know that consistently goes to Commanders games, like a season ticket holder, has been like oh Ravens flock, but people I know that are like on the fence about the skins, you know, they they hate Dan Snyder. Uh they they don't really love football, but they view it, you know, they play fantasy. Those are the people that I've seen being all in on the Ravens.
4: Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings about it cuz I I'm I think a caller had mentioned too, you know, you kind of ride for your team and you know, I understand that. I'm with that um but, you know, just, just being in the DMV, being in the area, I mean, we can't help that Baltimore is literally 45 minutes up the road, you know. So, you kind of get that that momentum and you see what they're doing. And, I mean, you hope we could replicate some of that down here. But, um, you know, so I'm kind of half and half, you know. I, I can kind of see where people are, you know, just off of proximity alone. You kind of, get you know, you may have family, who knows, in right. Baltimore, but you live down here or from D.C. So,
2: well, and, th- and that's the thing with sports, and that's why people fall in love with sports so much is, you know, it could be two random teams. You're going to end up kind of falling for one and really liking a couple players on one team, and that's why you want to watch and why you want to root for them and you want to have a dog in the fight so I can understand people saying, oh, well, why would I root for Kansas City or why would I root for Detroit or California when I can root for the team that's literally right up the road? Um, so I understand that aspect um, I, I kind of agree with the caller. You ride for your division. You ride for your conference, right? If you're a Commanders fan, you should probably be, you know, rooting for the Lions or the Niners. But at the same time, I don't want to see Chase Young with a ring. I'm not really interested to see uh, Trent Williams uh, with a ring and Kyle Shanahan with a ring. So it's, you know, it's a weird situation on, on who to root for. Luckily, I'll just be playing player props and spreads and rooting for myself, to win some money on FanDuel. Appreciate everybody chiming in. We've got 30 minutes to go on the fan. Don't go anywhere. It's AWOD Radio. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Shout out to the new listeners that we're getting that are following me on social media now. Jason, I appreciate you giving me the follow. Spencer and Sean as well. I'm at AWOD Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and you can send me your thoughts if they're good. We will read them on air. 12th Man tweets us, Donald, he thinks that the – Constant and rain will impact the Ravens-Chiefs game here. Uh, you know, I, I guess I didn't think about the, the rain being too much of an impact. I, I, I know, um, you know, the 2 overs really affected by the the weather in that Chiefs game uh, a few weeks ago. Um, it will probably lead to more running the ball, but uh, I, I still like the over, e- even with the rain.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Kansas City, they're used to inclement weather. I mean, I'm not foreseeing any issue, really. I think it's still going to be a fairly high-scoring game.
2: Let's go back to the phone lines, 1-800-636-1067, talking NFL Conference Championship Sunday. Let's go to Dan in Fairfax. What's up, Dan?
4: Hey, Adam. First-time caller. Um, definitely appreciate the vibe. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm expecting the Ravens to do well. But back to your last segment regarding, like, D.C. fans rooting for Baltimore, getting on that bandwagon. I don't really see a problem with it. I mean, we're basically sister sister cities anyways. And it's not like, you know, you're a Philly fan rooting for the Giants or something. The Skins and Ravens play, what, once every four years? Mm -hmm. So unless they're going head-to-head, who wouldn't want to have seen, you know, Commanders and Ravens Super Bowl or something along those lines? So I I think we just get behind, you know, a a local team and root for them.
2: Yeah, no, I see what you say there. I mean, for me, it's it's kind of like family. Like I, I The reason I don't like Baltimore is because my mom dragged me to Baltimore every damn Thanksgiving or holiday to, to spend out with her damn family, and we had to deal with all the traffic, and it pissed me off. So personally, that's why I don't like rooting for Baltimore, but I can totally understand what, where people are coming from. Uh, good call, Dan. Let's go to Allen in Winchester, line three. Allen, you're on the fan.
5: Hi. Uh, yes. Um who who's going to win uh between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers?
2: I think it's going to be the 49ers. You think so? Yeah. Look, yeah, I I think, I think look, true. I think the reason the Niners win this game is because uh they have more playmakers to make big plays in big moments on a national stage, right? I think that's what it's going to come down to is Debo Samuel's is going to make a huge impact. Christian McCaffrey's going to make a huge impact. I don't know if they can stop George Kittle. It seems like he always shows up in these big games. And so I just think the Niners have too much star power. And from hearing with Niners reporter Dante Whitner. He really believes it's going to be the Niners' defense, right? The, you know, the Bosa, Chase Young, that defensive line, the secondary they have that's going to be too tough um, for the Detroit Lions. So he thinks it's going to be about getting stops in the second half, and the Niners should be able to do that more.
5: Yeah, I I think it's going to be a high-scoring game uh, between those two. But I think, yeah, you're right. The the niners defense is going to be.
2: Yeah, but, I hey, think... hey! if the if the Lions win and that offense looks great, it's good for Commanders fans because the head honcho running that offense right now is Ben Johnson. Let's go to line two, Andy in Sterling. What's going on, Andy? Adam, buddy,
5: how you doing, man? You good. know, I enjoy your show, but I personally don't give a damn who wins these championship games. Okay. I would be happy if all the shows on the fan concentrated on the Commanders and the Commanders only. Um, I wish you had though asked your previous guest, old Neil, Neil Greenberg, uh, the king of a- analytics and metrics, uh, who seems to avoid this question when it is asked. Who would he pick with a number two pick when the Commanders are are choosing the quarterback? Who would he pick? As is, uh, as is the number one pick, he seems to evade that every time I've heard him on every show, whether with B Mitch's show or whatever. Yeah. If somebody could pin him back, since he seems to be a know-it-all about everything, I'd appreciate it. First, well, it is please- it
2: is hard picking quarterbacks, you know. I mean, it is one of the hardest things to do because it's the hardest job in the world, not just in America. I mean, every week people are trying to kill you, they're trying to break your legs, and you've got uh, analysts calling you out for being stupid and missing passes. It's a hard job.
5: Yeah, I realize that. For personally, I wish the Washington Post have given him a buyout. Thank you, buddy.
2: (laughs) All right, Andy, we appreciate you chiming in. Uh, Look, in terms of quarterbacks that the commanders should draft here, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again if you didn't hear it, I am all in, 100% pushing all the chips in on Caleb Williams. Uh, I think he's the number one prospect. I think he might have to move up to number one to get him, number one overall, but I think it's worth it. I I put my career on the line as an NFL evaluator um, that he's going to be a pro bowler within five years. He's going to be a pro bowler within five years. Uh, Recently, I've been more convinced that Jaden Daniels is, is the better prospect in terms of the second guys uh, behind Caleb over Drake May. I think it was Logan Poulsen, uh former tight end for the Commanders, that went on his Take Command podcast and, uh, and said that watching the tape, Jaden Daniels uh, has the more upside. And, look, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. And, and you know, there were comparisons to Lamar Jackson uh, that I would heard. So um, I'm interested with both those guys. But personally, I think it's Caleb. I think you have to get him. Um, but man, here's the thing that people aren't really talking about, right? Andy wants us to talk all things commanders here on the fan, and I get that because the, you know they run, they run this town. The NFL is king, but the conversation needs to be more than just the quarterback. We're desperate for a quarterback. That that is very true. Uh, I'm 31 years old. We haven't had a franchise quarterback my entire life, right? I'm not counting. Uh, Dan, uh, what's his name? Jason Campbell. I wanted to call him Dan Campbell. I'm not counting Jason Campbell. I'm not counting Rex Grossman, Donovan McNabb. Those guys were not franchise quarterbacks here in Washington. We've been searching for that guy. I I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. But with all that being said, this roster has so many holes. We need to be having further conversations about what are they going to do with the first five picks that are within the first 100, because that's what needs to go right this offseason, is we need to flip the script from last offseason and the last few offseasons with dumb, dumb Ron Rivera, not a talent evaluator at all. He'll tell you he watched the film, he'll tell you he looked at the stats, and then he'll tell you to your face that he went back to Carson Wentz in the biggest game of his career, like a buffoon. And so we've moved on from Ron Rivera, and so now we need to do what he didn't do, which is hit in the damn NFL draft, especially in the first round, and in the second round, and in the third round. We can't have a guy like Ricky Stromberg sit on the bench the entire year with a third-round draft pick. You can't have Jammon Davis be drafted in the first round and then he is just uh, a middle-of-the-pack average middle linebacker. You can't draft Jahan Dotson, and then he disappears his sophomore year. You can't draft Emmanuel Forbes and then bench the guy halfway through his rookie year. So what we need to be talking about here, in my opinion, is Adam Peters coming in. It's his job to hire the head coach, and then it's his job to make sure the scouting department and the talent evaluators on staff are the right guys to make sure that we – hey. Hopefully we hit in the quarterback. You don't know what's going to happen there. But we need to guarantee that we hit the other four of the five picks that we have in the top 100. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7. The Fan. Final segment coming
1: up next. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
2: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on The Fan. If you're supporting the show, you can check me out during the week on the free Odyssey app. Just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday in Richmond, Virginia from 12 to 3 p.m. Still talking all things D.C. sports, uh, Richmond flavor. We talk college hoops as well. And every week on the show, I give out AWOD Certified NFL Game of the Week, guaranteeing football fans around the country will enjoy this game no matter if your team is playing or not, and if you're running around with things to do on Sunday and you can only watch one of the conference championship games, AWOD Certified NFL Game of the Week has to be Baltimore hosting KC. I just think, man, the quarterback battle between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson is going to be must-watch television. Lock that in. If you have to watch only one game, make sure it is the early one. Here's another reason to cheer For the Baltimore Ravens, Donald Junkies producer Matt Valdez, right? Valdez gets a a bad rap because at his young age, he's got a lot of gray hair, right? You've seen it. (laughs) I mean, he's got a ton of gray hair. But I bet you didn't know Matt Valdez made a bet with me. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, he has to drive down to Richmond and on air, live on my show, we're going to dye his hair odell beckham jr blonde
4: oh nice <laughs> that's awesome that's a I very mean,
2: that would be a good look for him right <laughs> so so
4: what's the other side if they don't win then what, what's the other side of there's the
2: bet? no other side of the bet <laughs> we, we we brought it up like week three or week four i told him that i was i had placed the ravens ticket and he, you know with his baltimore accent you know he won if you're only in on that i'll say i'll dye my hair odell beckham blonde <laughs> And all that good stuff. And if, if you haven't checked it out, there's a new episode of Bit Season with Matt Valdez and Drab T-Shirt. Always my favorite podcast. You can check that out on the Odyssey app. Uh, I, I did mention it real quick. There are a lot of really good college basketball games going on today. There's an interesting one locally, Georgetown's at Providence. And... Uh, They are not going to be nice to Ed Cooley in that return game. I I know that. Uh, Tip-off at 1230 on Fox. Uh, Georgetown just 1-7 and in the Big East in Ed Cooley's first season. Providence coached by the former Mason man, Kim English, who I uh, once called a social media head coach. Don't think he's a great coach on the court, But he's damn good at recruiting and using social media to his advantage. In the top 25, there's a ton of good college basketball action. Uh, Number four, Houston hosting Kansas State. Houston's been one of the teams to watch this year. Of course, I went to VCU, and so I've been following Shaka Smart's career bouncing around colleges. He's now found a a really good home with the Marquette Golden Eagles. They're number 14 in the country, and they're hosting Seton Hall today. That's a really good uh, Big East matchup right there. Two teams in the top 25 in the Big 12, Kansas At Iowa State, of course, uh, Bill Self and and Kansas made headlines in the offseason, bringing in Hunter Dickinson. I know a lot of local people were hoping he would go to Maryland. He goes to Kansas and uh, has been the focal point of that offense and tremendous all season long. In the ACC, the surprise team in the ACC has to be Leonard Hamilton's Florida State Seminoles. They are super athletic. They've got a lot of guys that are going to be NBA prospects, uh, and and they've played really well in conference. They're 6-2, and um, and they're at home. But in comes number three, North Carolina and Armando Baycott. Give me UNC to win and move to 9-0 in the ACC. Number 20, Texas Tech. At number 11, Oklahoma. Uh, that's a good one. Duke's hosting Clemson. Clemson's got one of the best big men in the country in PJ Hall, uh, but Duke's got too much talent with Proctor and Philip I think Duke wins that one. And then a big one in the A 10, Dayton at Richmond. I'll be on the call for VCU. At Davidson. Um, And and so while we're jumping around a a few topics here, I did mention it. I don't think anybody else around the country on Championship Sunday is going to be talking Australian Open, but that's why I'm going to. That's what I'm here for. I grew up in a tennis home, uh, son of a, a tennis coach, and I'm a high school tennis player, played club in college. So, of course, you guys know I follow the sport closely, and I've been watching it. Down went Novak Djokovic, played the worst game that he has played in Melbourne in maybe three years, loses to the young Italian sensation Yannick Sinner in four sets. Sinner took it to him. He's got one of the uh, hardest-hitting forehands in tennis right now. I mean, that kid has been on the rise. The problem, what's been holding Sinner back in the last two years is he had been running into Carlos Alcaraz, right? The young Spaniard who's basically the new Rafa Nadal, as we're seeing a change of the guards here. Federer retired. Nadal's close to calling it quits, right? Novak Djokovic still got a few years left. He's currently the greatest tennis player of all time. Then we've got the new crop of young talent that includes Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner making it to his first Grand Slam final of all time. The only problem? The guy on the other side is a man on a mission, the bad boy of tennis right now, Danil Medvedev. Um, I've been able to interview Medvedev uh, twice at the City Taste for Tennis. It's funny how he gets the bad boy rep, and part of it's because he, the way he you know screams at officials and has broken his racket on the court and stuff like that. But when I interviewed him, he was just like the sweetest guy ever. He was so nice. Uh, He's intense on the court. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, Medvedev, one of the most incredible backhands in tennis right now, that two-handed backhand that he can take up the line or cross court. Now, the problem is is that match is going to begin Sunday morning at 3.30 a.m. What I'm hoping for is that I wake up at about 8 a.m. and we're right in the middle of a fourth set here or or a third set and we're tied at one set apiece uh, between these two guys. I think it's going to be a, a really good Australian Open Finals. Australian Open's one of my favorite. While you sleep, there's great tennis being played. Then when you wake up, you can usually watch the final set or two. Uh, I know when I was working on the junkies, uh, we had I think it was in American like five or six years ago in the semifinals. Lurch thought I was crazy because I drove into work at three AM so that I could watch the Australian Open before the junks began. At 6am, that's just how big of a tennis uh, mark I am. So, Sinner stuns Djokovic. Medvedev comes back from two sets to love to defeat uh, Alexander Zverev, who had just beaten Alcrez before that. I placed a bet during the quarterfinals on Medvedev to th- be this year's Australian Open champion, and I love my odds right now as there's no more Djokovic. So it's Sinner against Medvedev. I think Medi gets it done uh, with his incredible backhand. And it will be fun to watch the contrast there of a guy with a really strong forehand and then a guy with a really strong backhand. I think Medvedev will use his size to get to the net and finish uh, with volleys. He's also really, really good on a hard court there, and that's what the Aussie Open is. So give me Medvedev to win tomorrow, and then when we get to the NFL, like I mentioned, I've got the Niners winning, the Lions covering that spread, and then give me the Baltimore Ravens money line, and the over in that one. Uh, Last thing we wanted to get to here was the report that it's all said and done, and that the commander's next head coach will be Ben Johnson, and folks are calling him a quarterback whisperer. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I think he has a chance to kind of revitalize Washington, D.C. football. I mean, look, I've loved this offseason so far. There's a ton of unknowns, right? But I talked about it. I called it the Jedi Council, the advisory board that Josh Harris put together with Bob Myers, Magic Johnson, uh, Spielman, and company, right? Number one. They had to get a GM. And it fires me up. It, it really does energetic, uh, get me energized that Washington got the number one GM on the market. Right, For 30 years, we, we were getting nobodies at GM. We were getting drunks. Right, We were getting guys that were cast off at their last spot. Or we were getting a guy that would just say yes to everything Dan Snyder had to say. A guy that was friends with him personally, like Vinny Serrato. Finally... We have a talent evaluator in the building with Adam Peters who has had success not just in San Francisco, but Denver before that where they won a Super Bowl, New England before that where they won plenty. Uh, so it just feels like we got the right GM. And I believe he's going to hire the right guy in the head coach. What I'm a little concerned about, worried about, and I haven't heard enough talk about who's going to be the next defensive coordinator. Ben Johnson's hopefully going to fix the offense. I believe it was the defense that held Washington back this year. Sam Howell started good, and he ended poorly, and we all agree he's probably not the man for the job next year because of the way he ended the season. But the defense was bad from start to finish. The defense gave up explosive plays throughout the season from start to finish. The defense is the issue, and so <clears throat> I want the offensive-minded coach. I want the quarterback whisperer, but, man, we're going to have to hit the defensive coordinator higher as well. I'd like a guy like Wink Martindale. Somehow it didn't work out for him there in New York. Um, But I've been saying, the younger we go at head coach, the older we want to go at defensive coordinator. Donald, I want a guy with gray hair. I want a Matt Valdez coaching the defense. (laughs) Give me a gray-haired old soul coaching the defense. Somebody with experience – um, and that's what I like on the defensive side of the ball. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. It's always fun to be live and local here in the nation's capital on a Saturday morning. Check me out Monday through Friday in Richmond with the free Odyssey app. Just search 910 The Fan, and you'll hear AWOD Radio from 12 to 3. Donald always doing a great job behind the glass. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. I'll see you next Saturday on The Fan.